0: Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest. The ability to create custom plants and varieties a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's gonna be based on the dimensions and each block is gonna be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app. And the planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden. And use the link below to get a discount on the planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind
1: of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm.
0: How good they will taste. But Tavia, I don't remember. Was it the last episode we did or this episode where we brought up monocropping?
1: it was two episodes ago
0: it was it two episodes ago okay. i don't know
1: but who's gonna like really say no no uh,
0: yeah no don't talk about it so yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about mono cropping this uh this show and we're it's not gonna be about mono so don't worry you can go kiss your plants and you won't get sick so um look did you hear the silence my joke didn't land it's terrible <laughs> well you,
1: there was like this this introduction of a joke and then I didn't expect you to pick it up and then when you picked it up I didn't expect you to like fall that flat so
0: <laughs>
1: this is real here man this is all organic man if it's not funny Look, I, you,
0: know. No, I, you know in my own head I think I'm a comedian sometimes but I'm really not but um, do you monocrop Same. at all
1: yeah 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 you know, I mean I wouldn't without this show I wouldn't refer to it as that but
0: yes yeah, I mean, you got to give a term to it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I don't have to do anything. Okay, all right. Yes, fine, you do. Fine, you fine, have fine. to. <laughs> <laughs> what, Let's uh... just say that I was monocropping before I knew monocropping was a thing. Like, we, I mean, obviously we see, you know, like fields of food and, and I get that, but it de- didn't occur to me. I haven't always done it, though.
0: So I've been gardening now almost 20 years as an adult by myself like on mm-hmm. my own. And I don't think I've ever really monocropped until this year. Isn't that crazy? And let me go ahead and say this. monocropping in case you don't know is planting one crop in a bi- in a raised bed or in a garden space. So all onions, all mm-hmm. whatever, just one thing, so
1: and it comes from like if you go to look at farming, right? So that mm-hmm bit of land would have a single crop you know so i love the way that we can take our gardens and because it's all about growing things right you take our gardens and then still pinch off of what's something that could be traditionally a farming uh, reference right you know so so yeah as soon as i started growing a lot of things a lot more things monocropping became my jam
0: yeah and if if you're not a patron or an apple subscriber you um you might First of all, you can support the show that way, but we definitely talk about farming and gardening in the last one that just released. So you guys might want to check that out. It should be interesting. It's something we've thought about for a long time, Mm -hmm. but you're exactly right. It's like using these terms is to help describe it. But I mean, what's the benefit? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's always been my problem. Yes. In the back row.
1: You will have to refer to the episode when it comes to the benefit from a farming perspective. Um, but for me, it it's a time management thing, for sure. Um, it absolutely helps me keep track of the thing that's in that particular space, in that bed, much better than um, I could if it's spread across. Every single bed doesn't have a single crop in it. You know, yeah. so my entire garden is not, you know, every bed isn't, you know, I'm not applying monocropping to every single bed, um, but it's, I'd say, you know, a large bit of what I do. I have the same things growing in the same space and when I need to go and check on the tomatoes, it was great to be able to go to the cage, baby. Yeah, a little bit more whining there.
0: (laughs) You keep bringing it up.
1: (laughs) No, it's the I'm comfortable when I bring it up. I just never want you to bring it up. That's how that works. Yes, ma'am. And go and I could spend that time, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long, and then wrap up and then feel accomplished and move on. Um, So, yeah, that's one of the benefits that I've experienced.
0: Yeah, and I mean, actually, I t- I do take that back. I have since I've started growing sweet potatoes. Ever mm-hmm. since I started, I did monocrop those, just because they take up so much space. Yeah. And I realized with those, um, the I mean, the real big benefit for that was like I knew that crop didn't need a whole lot of work, so I could just walk away from it basically and just mm-hmm. manage it one step at a time, which was good. Instead of getting in there and be like, "What's going on here? What's going on there? Okay, this plant, you know." It's all the same in there, so that's, that's actually
1: the. It's the other side of what I just so something that's more high maintenance. I'm able to to focus on in that one space, but things that are low maintenance, right? You know, that's a bed you don't have to worry much about, which yeah. is also super cool.
0: Yeah, unlike tomatoes or something, you know, they they can be a little bit higher maintenance sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know people. I mean, don't scoff at me. I know I said it out loud. It's okay. It's the quiet thing said out loud, right? Is that the, t- the terminology mm, the these quiet, days?
1: The quiet part out loud. I don't know if they're say- they're saying it that much anymore. Oh, but we could still say it because we make our own rules.
0: Yeah, because we're old. That's why. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh,
1: I had that moment of the uncertainty around my tomatoes this year, and then I was just like, "It's okay. It's it's all gonna be fine." And then I took some tomato sauce um, out of the freezer. The pepper, red pepper, tomato sauce that I love, and I was like, "It better be okay because I need this. It's yeah. so good. Oh, it's so good. Not a drop of, of sweetener in it. You know, um, just ah, just wonderful." So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, tomatoes are uh,
0: sometimes finicky. Sometimes. So, so, what are you monocropping then?
1: Um. Well, this just year barely same idea with sweet potatoes I have a I have a hard time with sweet potatoes leaving sweet potatoes to be the only thing in a, in a bit so I have sweet potatoes and then cucumbers you know kind of growing up the trellis uh, so I don't know if that counts necessarily um, well that's
0: something I was gonna can we put an asterisk in there since you're the queen of asterisk mm-hmm because you know those trellis those trellis sides I, I just you can't count those because not everything grows up a trellis so I'm, I'm in support of that
1: okay good good um potatoes white potatoes I mean um and then I have one of the benefits of this is some of my space they're just so small when it comes to some of these beds like I have narrow beds that go eight by one and a half feet or something and you know you're only going to get a handful of plants in there and it's just fine to plant all of the same thing you know um I think that's is that it I put, no, because I put corn and a little bitty bed. Bit, um, and then I am doing like one edge of onions, which are going to be green onions. That's a whole conversation. We'll talk about that in the garden update.
0: <laughs> That's a whole nother one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a corn bed. I have a potato bed. And then I have a potato bed with a trellis behind it. So there's something on the trellis. I got a squash bed with a trellis on it. So, there's something on that trellis. I'm doing a sweet potato bed. And um, I have a pepper bed. It's not all peppers, but it's about 75% peppers, which is the closest I've gotten to monocropping peppers. And I'm excited about that this year. So, we'll see how that works. Um, The corn I wanted to do... So, you mentioned corn. How big is the bed you're using for the corn?
1: Um, it's a two by four foot bit, really small. And then I have one more space that I'm planting corn in that I haven't planted in yet. I'm waiting on the seeds to get here. Good grief. Um, I, this is actually, by the time this airs, I would have had planted that last bit of corn. Right. And that's going to be in one of the larger front yard bits. Um, maybe when, so either the 36 inch round bit or I'm going to plant it out because my it's, um, extension service says I can plant corn f- through like the first week of July. Um, so I've only been growing corn a handful of years and don't know that I've planted it that late, but I'm going to give it a whirl. And if that's the case, then I'll put corn behind my broccoli as I go to see if they hate each other. Are they arch nemesis?
0: Probably. If you want to do it, that probably means you got to change your plan.
1: Mm-hmm, of course.
0: Yeah, my <laughs> corn, Um, I did. I dedicated a whole bed to it and um i did that for pollination purposes so i knew that if the you know it's wind pollinated so if i messed up and i put too little in it then i would get yeah, totally screwed up my train of thought <laughs> dude that's literally my
1: seeds being delivered <laughs> oh is it really Yeah, oh that's you, wild
0: you talked it into fruition yeah, yeah. um I didn't want to take a chance of messing it up, you know, because this is the most I've ever gone into corn. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm, I'm not a big corn fan, but I'm excited oh, to I see what it. comes out yeah. of it. Now, I do also do, um, I have a bed that's, I don't know if there's a term for it. I don't know, f- uh, family planting, like familial planting. Mm-hmm, so I've mm-hmm. got the garlic and onion bed. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like the same family. And I guess you could even say that, like, if you did, like, peppers and tomatoes and stuff like that. Which I think is a it's a step down from monocropping but I think it works. What do you think?
1: I was actually just talking about this on like a Instagram reel slash YouTube short um, even with all of the struggles uh, in the last year over tomatoes. I have tomatoes in a new space, one of a few new spaces and I have tomatoes and peppers planted together or near each other and that's like a thing you know that I've done and I don't you know, it's they're in the nightshade family. And so one article will say, Oh, that's frowned upon. Another article will say that's just fine. They're companions. Um, so like I'm for it. I'm yeah. for grouping those kinds of crops together.
0: Since I you think br- Go ahead.
1: I think there's just something about like some of these things we have to bend as far as these rules to see if it works for our space because we just don't have the, you know, quarter of an acre to say all right this 50 foot row i'm dedicating to x you know that's yeah. just not the way that many of our spaces are set up
0: well not only that but you also it's hard to dedicate the right amount of spacing mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean if i spaced everything like the seed packet says i'd have like two plants in a bed yeah man you know, you know that's so, not the way i roll no and i mean i think it's I think it's a good workaround to that, though, because it's like, you know, with the tomatoes and peppers, like, you know, the peppers aren't going to get as big as the tomatoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they're going to produce later than the tomatoes will start setting, generally speaking. So and
1: depending on the way that you're pruning, if you're, you know, like, always, I don't know it until I see it. But I'm going to say a foot to 18 inches. I'm pruning off from the ground up for my tomato plants. And yeah. if I'm doing that, that gives the pepper plants like just enough room to like stretch their arms a little bit. So it works out really well. Um, and you know, I've never had, I'm trying to think, I should probably shouldn't say ever, never. Uh, I don't think I've had, even with sick tomatoes, tomatoes that get hit by some cold towards the end of the season, my peppers seem to never be impacted by it, which goes yeah. kind of goes back to that whole question mark around planting them together.
0: Yeah, peppers are an interesting one. They are pretty resilient to cold, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I've always read like no, nothing less than fifty. But I've, you know, coming into the fall, like I'm, su- I get surprised about how they do. And for me, it's like I have my determinant tomatoes planted behind my peppers, so when they stop producing, I'll pull those tomatoes out, and guess what's going to be left in that bed determinant or peppers all mm-hmm. by themselves a yeah. stretch so no yeah. I'll, I'll put something behind them don't get me wrong and at that point in the year see here's my problem at that point in the year it's going to be too late to plant more peppers
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that whole monocropping situation is kind of it's tough to kind of build on like it it's hard to get started and be like all right this year because this is where i'm at this year i really want to do monocropping more i've i did it over this um spring a little bit I kind of you know I had two rows of lettuce and it worked out great wanted yeah. to do you know wish I would have had a whole bed of it um, but switching over as we get into it and get, it's hard to kind of get on that bandwagon mm-hmm. you know what I mean
1: well I mean I think you also have to consider are you growing enough of things to even say okay oh, hey, there's a whole bed of it Yeah. you know there are a bunch of years where you know well it's kind of hard because if I think back, there were times where I just wanted to grow a little bit of everything. And when I say everything, I'm talking about like three or four different crops. Um And then when you kind of move on, like I could do a bed full of carrots if I'm using one of my smaller beds. Your, your garden is a little more um um kind of consistent when it comes to the size of your beds. What do you do normally? Eight by four feet?
0: Yeah, I've got... um Six eight by fours and two three by sixes.
1: Yeah. So when you talk about dedicating a bed, like it's, you're talking about like your real space here. I can say dedicating a bed like it's again two by four. Um, so a good example of, um, you know, collards, which I didn't even bring up. How did that happen? I almost exclusively, you know, monocrop my collards. Because we eat a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I may squeeze in things like, like right now I have a bed in the backyard that has all collard greens is 12 by four foot ish bed. And then I have the most, the close, the row closest to me is like lettuce. But you know, that's within a month. By the time this airs, that lettuce is going to be pulled out because it's going to bolt. Yeah. So that will leave nothing but collards in that space. And um, you also kind of fold in the way that you, which I'm sure you're going to get to the way that you manage that bed. So for me, if I am going to cover my greens, which you know I will, if I'm going to cover my greens, I need to put something under there that's going to benefit from the cover. Yeah. You know, um, And I can't have collards kind of spread out all throughout my garden unless you truly believe in like that whole like pest confusion approach. Um, but putting that aside for a moment, I'm not going to have every single bed covered with insect netting or tool fabric or row covers or whatever. So it makes sense to put all of those plants into a particular space.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I picked out of that was, like, pre-planning is everything.
1: Yeah, man, there's so much.
0: (laughs) I saw the depression sink over your face immediately when I said that.
1: Yeah, I'm on the daily watch of uh, picking cabbage worms.
0: Yeah, so I did, you know, like I said, I did an onion and garlic bed. And my pre planning was piss poor because mm-hmm. I put the garlic in front of the onions. The garlic goes in months before the onions. So guess what it mm-hmm. did? It shaded out two rows of onions. Yeah. If I would have swapped that, my harvest, which I'm not upset with my harvest, but it could have been a lot better and a lot, you know, bigger. So it's just, you know, that pre planning aspect of it was kind of tough. And when I did that, that was the bed. Well, the corn really set it off, but... As we started going into it, like, I had anticipated, like, doing potatoes as a monocrop, corn as a monocrop, but I was doing everything, the others, you know, the garlic and the onions so early, Mm -hmm. I had kind of anticipated that being the case. But, like, I don't want to plant a whole bed of garlic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need, I mean, what is it, in a four-by-eight bed I can put, like, um... 150 garlics in there like I don't Mm -hmm. want that much Mm -hmm. garlic so where does that leave me afterwards if I want let's say that I was like you know because you know how I am I'll be like I'm gonna monocrop I want to monocrop everything and next thing you know I've got a you know 32 square feet of garlic and I have nothing to do with it so it's like where does that leave you afterwards and it was you know for me it was like well let's put something with the same family in there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it kind of worked out pretty good. I don't know what to do next year because I've been, like I said, I've been using the planter app. Check mm-hmm. it out. Link below. Um, to really work on that garden plan for the fall into the winter and try and get as much monocropped in there. But I like to grow so much that I'm finding myself like, well, maybe I won't grow this. Maybe hmm. I won't grow that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I like want... It's limiting? Yeah, well, it's my space is limiting. Mm. That's really what it is. You know, if I want to do, I mean, my list of fall vegetables is pretty long. So it comes down to like, you know, turnips or rutabagas. Well, I'd rather have rutabagas than turnips. You know what I mean? So like I can eliminate the turnips. Okay. It'd be the first year in a long time. I haven't grown them, but you know, there is that possibility. And then it's like spinach. You know, I really want to grow a lot of spinach. But my problem is the way I have to harvest it, I don't want to put it in the middle of my bed. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be backbreaking to get in there and get it all. So um, it's kind of working through that process is what's been kind of hard for me.
1: Yeah, it's um, as I, you know, and again, this isn't a woe is me, but as I kind of think about the orientation of some of my, my beds, when you mentioned being able to get to, you know, um, the vegetables so collards are among other baskets are in the cage maybe this year and that is one of the beds that clearly i can only get to one side get to the bed from one side the other side of the bed is sitting up against my neighbor's um fence and boy am i already starting to feel the pains of that yeah yeah so one way to resolve that would easily just be plant a single row in that space, and you put it in the middle of the bed, much easier to reach in. But you know, I'm gonna get two rows out of out of this easily, like yeah. quite literally doubling, you know, what I'm growing. And it takes some some navigating, um, which also kind of goes back to the if everything is going to be the same size, if you're growing the same thing in the same space, everything is generally going to be the same size. Is that a benefit or not? Depends on what you're growing, I
0: think. That's the million-dollar question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is a million-dollar question, and I mean, <clears throat> the other thing comes into when it comes time to planting. So, like, seeding something, I yeah. think monocropping is like I, my. In my experience, I almost think it's a must.
1: Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. N- not mm-hmm.
0: completely, mm-hmm. but you know, just keeping up with the watering. Keep keeping up with all of that. I think it's really, it makes it so much easier. Now, if you're putting in transplants, yeah, I mean, it's six one way, half a dozen the other, if you ask me. It, it don't really matter. But I think it's if you'll see, like, especially like carrots, you know, my son, he's going to harvest his potatoes soon. Um, I, you know, everybody say a prayer that he actually gets some, mm-hmm. but then he wants to put in carrots behind it, So he wants to plant a whole bed of carrots. I'm like, here we go. But, um, you know, he's going to have to go out there every day and water those carrots until they germinate. And then, I mean, every day he's going to have to add that in to keep it up. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll do it because it's only one bed. I think he'll be okay doing it. But it's one of those things. Like, if he did one row, it would be difficult. So, I mean, I'm going to ask him, like, do you want to do one row or do you want to do the whole thing of carrots? He's probably going to want to do the whole thing as as carrots. but.
1: (laughs) The big eyes of, of a kid.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, it's just like with the, um, you know, with the garlic. It's like you do one full bed of carrots. Man, that's going to be lot a lot. Of carrots. Yeah. That's a lot of carrots. I so. did a
1: seven by four foot bed of um, garlic last year, and um, you know, you'd be surprised once you start using garlic in a bunch of recipes. You know, for preserving. Um, it can get used up pretty quickly actually I'm pretty sure I planted in three different spaces but well I know I planted in three different spaces for garlic now Um, and it's probably just a little bit more than what I planted last year but again these are like kind of little pockets of the garden so it technically it's sitting inside the cage baby and it's a two by it's the beds in between or the space in between the beds so it's like a two by four foot space right you know so that little space is only dedicated to that garlic and it's that's that balance of getting the most out of your your planting space is it more beneficial to put a single plant that would use that two by four foot space or maybe two plants of something or do I put 30 cloves of garlic in there you know like that's the balance that I when I come into the garden season with a garden plan, even in my head or this year actually like documented, you know, on the, the computer, I get out there. and just like, wait a minute. No, I could get more out of this space, you know, yeah. without really compromising much. Um, so earlier, just a couple of minutes ago, you said, you know about planning and how important it is when you're going to do something like that. Absolutely. You commented on, you know, if you're direct sowing versus transplants, direct sowing is hella hard. If you're doing multiple crops in the same, like multiple plants in the same space as things come up, you know, hella hard. Then you combine it with the weeds that are going to start coming up too. (laughs) So the, uh,
0: the problem that I've had with, um, just regular planting where, you, you know, you're intermixing and stuff like that is everything gets so spread out. And then, you know, I practice crop rotation and it makes it more difficult to um, rotate crops. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it makes it a lot more difficult because I'm like, oh, well, I had a tomato there. Mm-hmm. So should I put a tomato here? Like, I don't know. But now, for instance, like I know, like, hey, I did this tomato bed. I'm done, you know, and it's like I'm going to do another second planting of tomato here in about a week and then that'll be done. So I know that these things are coming up and I know that, like, OK, these two beds next year, I don't plant potatoes and I'll move or tomatoes. I, mm-hmm. I've said this in a video and I'm saying it again. I cannot wait to stop saying tomato and potato back to back. To
1: each
0: other. <laughs> um, but moving them around like that is going to, you know, I think. It's going to help out because it'll make it a lot easier. So I don't have any question, you know, it's just eliminating that friction. Mm -hmm. Now I will say this, since we were talking about garlic, I'm on my second year of grocery store bought garlic. And the first year the harvest was, what would you say? Batavia pitiful.
1: Mm, No, I mean, you grew something. So, so there's that, um, but there was a little bit of squinting
0: going on. Yeah. China- <laughs> yeah, there for sure was. And so this year, so what I did is I saved the biggest clothes from last year, mm-hmm. replanted. I did one double row. Um, so basically, um, 32 Heads of garlic in there. And the reason why I did so few, I would like to do more, was because I just didn't have enough. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to see how it did. And in this last video I did, I pulled uh, a test one at the very end of the video. And boy, oh boy. So that brings me, it's it's a lot bigger. Let me just say this. Boy, boil oh boy, did not tell you anything. So it's a lot bigger. So by getting that better, bigger harvest, I don't need to grow as much garlic.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
0: So last year, the amount of plants I had, I probably planted about the same amount. I planted in a different style. But I bet this garlic will last longer, which, by the way, I'm not even done with the garlic I made last year. So there is that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think it'll last longer because it'll stretch farther and it'll get used. So Mm -hmm. there is that aspect of it as well.
1: Yeah, there is. So if you fold in kind of shifting to the, you know, praises and I'm, I'm not it all suggesting if you're not planting in a monocrop fashion that you do because there are some cons to it so i'm not suggesting that it's just conversation um but the idea of you planting a thing generally you're expecting to pull all of that out at the same time now it doesn't mean that you you can't you know succession sow or plant in that one space like that that could happen Um, but a lot of times when we talk about this it's that we're putting all of the corn in at the same time we're putting all of the tomatoes in at the same time right so unless you are managing different varieties which you wouldn't want to do with corn but unless you're managing different varieties generally you're going to start to get you know Pull off those plants at the same time or yeah. harvest the plant at the same time. So then you have to ask yourself, are you really ready to deal with that many of the thing?
0: You know? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, mm. there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, I know you did that by design and yeah, I appreciate that because you're exactly right. Monocropping, another benefit that I've... And we're, don't worry, everybody. We're going to we're gonna beat it up a little bit, too. We're not going to make <laughs> it sound like it's everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you preserve, I can't think of a better thing than having everything done at once. Because yeah. then I can go in, I can preserve it all, I can eat it fresh, and I can be done with it. I can move on. You know, and even though, like, you know, everybody's like, the determinant tomatoes put them all at once... They don't all come on and no. have to come off on the same day. You will get waves of them for a period of time. So for me, like we do a lot of canning of our tomatoes. So it's nice to have all of these tomatoes done mm-hmm. and then go through it again. And I mean we're we just pulled our onions, so we're about to put tomatoes back in and do a second planting. So we can, you know, plan for that. But you also don't have to put the same variety in the bed. Nope. Or is that part of monocropping?
1: Well, I mean, I think in the truest sense, it probably is the same crop, same variety, like hard stop. But again, we're, we're fudging some things here. So my collard green bed, I have collard green spread out because I just had that many. But my collard green bed has two different varieties. One, an unnamed variety because the store didn't have the name of them. Besides, I mean, the name was collard greens. But the second variety that I'm growing is... Gosh, Morris Head. It's like Morris Head Cabbage Collard or Morris Head Collard Cabbage. It must be Morris Head Cabbage Collard. Anywho, it's a more stout, you know, uh, variety. So it's when you think about how a cabbage forms these collars grow more like that they even are described in some places as like not a cut and come again like a single harvest crop so i'm growing those in front of this no name collard that i already see is going to get taller right you know so clearly two different varieties but i'm treating them the same way as far as maintenance you know
0: yeah So I'm glad that we're talking about varieties because I'm doing a bed of Brussels sprouts this year, Mm -hmm. the whole bed. And if you've been listening to this for any amount of time, or if you've been watching me on Sandy Bottom Homestead on YouTube, you know that for four years I have attempted to grow Brussels sprouts. Okay. Now I've planted them in different sections of my garden at the same time and tried to see which one grows better. Um, why Why the sad face?
1: Because, you know, this is like, you
0: know. <laughs> it's getting depressing. But let me say this. So this year, I'm going to do a whole bed and I'm going to do plant three different varieties in it. I'm doing an heirloom variety. I'm doing a quick maturing hybrid variety. And I'm doing a disease resistant hybrid variety all in the same bed. And I'm going to see which one I get more off of. And so, I know we talked about hybrids hybrids versus heirlooms before, but like I'm not going to save the seed for my collards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or not my collards, my Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so, I wanted to use this to my advantage and then having them all in the same bed, I can really see which one does better, which one doesn't, what I need to focus on, what I don't need to focus on. So, I'm excited to try that. Um The problem is I'm putting them in behind my potatoes, and my potatoes are coming out like two weeks before I thought they would, and I just started the seeds. So it looks like I might have a bare garden bed for a little while. Let it
1: rest for a while.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm thinking, too, is just feed it, rest it, mulch it, move on. But by doing that, I can focus on that one bed and say, hey, this is my Brussels sprout bed. I can focus all of it. And then when I go to treat because I like to treat for different pests and stuff like that, I can focus on this one bed instead of spreading it out all over the place.
1: I have, um, and speaking of Brussels sprouts, I have Brussels sprouts. Last year, I grew them by accident. I had them Oh, here's basically. the flex.
0: Here's the flex. Yeah.
1: <laughs> by accident, I grew them almost in just, I think I had instead of like six, collard green plants is what i thought i had i had like four brussels sprout plants and then two collars or something like that in the same bed anyway this year i have three brussels sprout plants i think two or three in one bed and i have some kale so i bring this up because of the kale there's a your last kale one plant your typical curly kale there are a couple of different varieties you know but your typical green curly kale and then I have this purple kind of curly leaf kale and it's interesting that you bring this up because I was pinching off some leaves you'd be so proud of me well we'll save why you'd be so proud of me anyway I was pinching off some leaves and it's that experience of I can see them grow side by side Right? I'm already kind of forming an opinion in my head. Right? You know, I'm going to take a couple of leaves off of each of these plants. I'm going to eat them at the same time. Right. You know, so it is what I loved or liked even five years ago, maybe different than what I really love or like now. Yeah. You know, So it gives me an opportunity to observe how they're growing, which plants are going to get bigger than the others, um, which are more sensitive. You know, how is it that I have pests on just one of these? You know, so there's something there, there. I think that's um, playing around with varieties in the same space. I think it's a really, really interesting experiment. Um, And I think beneficial because you're not going to grow three varieties next year. You know. You sure? No, I'm not sure. But I
0: mean. Well, I can tell you that I'm going to grow at least two until the seeds run out. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, okay.
0: (laughs) I can tell you that. Um, Yeah, and and I did a, there's a video that's out that's hybrid. um, I'm. I don't know. It's hybrid and heirlooms together, whatever. And I talk about the whole thought process through doing this. And, um, you know, I've been pretty hardcore, like heirloom all the way. And Mm -hmm. I'm starting to kind of like see a purpose for every different kind of variety and stuff like that. And like I said earlier, like I've been gardening for almost 20 years now, which makes me sound really old. But um, I'm not. I promise. I promise I'm not. I don't have a cane yet. But um, it's one of those things where playing around with variety, and this is why I like starting seeds and stuff like that, playing around with the varieties and then testing them out side by side like this. And when I say testing them out, I don't think that, you, you know, to be fair to anything, um, testing them out is not like, hey, I've got one, <clears throat> I've got one Roma or one hybrid tomato and one heirloom tomato side by side. It needs to be multiples because lots of things can happen. But in order to do it, I think it's going to be exciting to see which ones do what and how you do it. But having them all in the same bed will be good for an eye comparison, mm-hmm. you know, like a real time comparison because all the growing conditions are about the same and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I don't think it has to be more than two, but you know, whatever floats your boat. I do. One of my favorite tomatoes has become, um, the pineapple tomato, uh, beautiful tomato. It's been great for my favorite salsa recipe. I'm gonna thank you every time I bring up that salsa recipe.
0: You're and
1: welcome. this is the beginning of the season. Don't hold me hold me to this y'all. So I am again trying single stemming. Yes, I said it. It's on record. Me too. <laughs> and I have one plant for the pineapple that I plan on letting grow naturally. I mean, obviously I'll be doing pruning as I always do. Then I have it, it's going to sit next to one that I plan on single stemming. And I'm so curious. This, I think maybe last year or the year before I attempted this and just didn't, you know, I ran out of steam pretty quickly into the season. Um, but I'm really curious about the difference in these, uh, what these plants are going to produce. Yeah. It's almost the test of the single stemming. I also do like um, the, you know, different varieties in that You can try something out. So, you already have a bed that's dedicated to Brussels sprouts in this example. You could go ahead and try something out without having this whole dedication to, I'm going to grow a lot of it. You know, Um, one thing that I always get caught in the trap of when someone describes a variety and says, Hey, Batavia it's going to address the thing that you've had trouble with. Like, that's what I hear when they yeah. describe the variety. <laughs> and it's almost impossible for me to just to look the other way and say, never mind. You know, no, yeah. it'll be fine. Right. Absolutely. I already have seeds for that plant, that type of vegetable. But here I am trying one more. Um,
0: hey, that's how it works.
1: Especially those vegetables that are a little bit harder to grow in general. You know, so.
0: Well, and I know you said you don't agree with the you know, that you need to have more than two plants, but I'm going to get a little technical here. So eye rolling and all that stuff, please put it on pause. Um, scientifically, that's not how it's done. And so there's, um, you know, the craze this year is electro culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have, you, I didn't know have that. you seen? Yeah. So I've, I mean, I've seen it like everywhere and there's a couple people that are trying it now. You know, they'll do something like put a row, put electroculture here, go down, put electroculture here, go through. But when they test it, they do fields of it Mm -hmm, so that they can get like quantifiable amounts of data to compile next to each other. And so the more that you can do and make the variables, you know, the growing conditions and the variables the same, this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. you can start to really get good data. And that's why I say, because <clears throat> how many times have you had a tomato plant just, like, drop dead on you? You know, just like a random tomato plant, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Probably and so, once like, every if other you, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, well, what, what happened? You know, well, I don't know what happened. But if you have multiples and you can kind of take out... The ones that kind of just drop dead. So that's why I feel like if you really want to get a good idea about varieties and stuff like that, then you can... Now, that being said, you don't have to do a side-by-side. You can do it like one year or the next year, and having a whole bed of that really works out good, (coughs) too. Excuse me.
1: Now, I mean, I I didn't realize we are you know, leaning towards doing, like, real scientific experiments. Oh, bro, always. Yeah, and in that instance, of course, right, you know, two, a sample size of two doesn't make any type of valid experiment. I think this is more of just kind of feel. And the reason why, if you think about even going year to year, like, this is, again, I'm not writing any studies or anything like that and doing real analyses on this. Yeah. Memory ends up like uh, playing tricks on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so last year it either will be the have been the best thing or like oh I couldn't believe insert whatever. Yeah. And then if you actually look back on some evidence, you're like oh wait hold on that's not how I remembered it. Yeah. You know I, that's uh, the
0: beauty of all these of camera phones, man. You can take pictures of them and you can go back and then it's undeniable what happened.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the broccoli that I planted, which basically earlier on you saw me leaning out the window looking out the window I was counting the broccoli plants and the second bed in the front yard garden besides the volunteer sunflowers and volunteer potatoes (laughs) it has all broccoli plants and then I put in two cabbage and so I was just like oh you know I got a little bit later restart this spring has been so funky when it comes to the weather so little rain actually I was trying to catch it when I was watching television Um, Yesterday, the new, well, I was in a store and the news reporter, the weather person said, you know, record low rains for May, you know, and um, they actually quoted how little rain we got in comparison to what's normal. So, anywho, I would say to myself, well, we'll see. I've not been able in these few years of growing broccoli to get gro- broccoli to go past June. Like, if I'm at June 30, if it's bolted, you know, so I'm looking at the plants and saying, yeah, you giddy up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this. The, the time is running short, and so you know that instant concern goes in, and then I lean into the bed, and I'm like, "Oh, they've already started forming heads." <laughs> you know, you're right on time. You know, like, yeah, I've just went through a whole thing. <clears throat> just how I just talked through it with you was what was going on in my head, trying to justify why this plant, these plants, look behind, and then I look in. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Then I go back to last year, you know, early June. I'm like, oh, yeah, same.
0: You yeah. Know, so. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing in um, with broccoli this year, too, because I want to eat broccoli. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like. Sorry. I want to be successful with it. But I also I really want to like grow broccoli and save seed from it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to grow like a hybrid with it, but then an heirloom with it to kind of get, make sure that I get a harvest, Mm -hmm. a decent, you know, something that gives big heads or something, and then have something that I'm like, oh, I like this one. Let me save the seed from it. You know what I mean? I'd like to do something like that. And by putting them in the same beds, I think it works out pretty well for me. Um, I did that a lot this year. Like another reason why I wanted to switch to monocropping was because of cabbage. Um, I had a hell of a time with uh, cabbage getting shaded out. Or shading things out, mm-hmm. that was my problem, mm-hmm. you know. So,
1: yeah, yeah, cabbage are they're bullies.
0: They are, but if you grow them all together, it's not a worry. They're just going to shade each other out as long right? as
1: you've you've done the spacing right. Like they actually play pretty well, kind of side by side. Um, again, if you get the spacing right, for me, it's like you really want a minimum of about eighteen inches, probably more like two feet, because it's impossible to believe how big those plants get. Um, Not when
0: you grow that brand I was growing this year.
1: Well, there is that. I was actually... (laughs) My doorknobs. Yeah, I was typing (laughs) to you. So either... either, I can't remember now, and I did not make good notes of this. So I bought cabbage transplants, and I think I bought them from two different places. And so maybe they are two different... Whatever the varieties are. You know how these places are just slapping a label on stuff, which is, again, one of the downsides of... Buying these plants versus starting them from seed, you know what you got. But anywho, I have two last two cabbages that are like last year's award-winning. Go to the fair size. I can already; it's already in the making. Then I have four. You know, give being a run for his money for the smallest cabbage on earth. <laughs> and so, in my mind, I'm like, what, were these all part of the same package of cabbage? I feel like they were, but maybe they weren't because they're were planted in yeah. two different spaces. Not that far off. But anywho, um, it would have been super cool if I would have planted them all in one row. And I would have known for sure. But yeah. here we are, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the same thing this year. I'm going to do, um, I've got an, air br- an, an heirloom and then a um, hybrid cabbage I'm going to plant side by side. Whole bed mm-hmm. to cabbage, especially now that I've found a way for my son to eat it. But um, look. How's that? Yeah. Um, He likes to eat um, Boiled He likes boiled cabbage Who would have thought that Simple Yeah
1: never would have thought that A
0: little bit of salt A little bit of pepper And a pat of butter And he's he's good to go So we're going to definitely Lean in on that one Yeah yeah But we do We do need to talk about The cons of monocropping now Mm -hmm. So we've already Lifted it up on its pedestal But I think we need to Take a couple notches off of it And see if we can tear it down What do you think I'm here for it so go ahead. Disease. Yeah.
1: That's probably the... There's a second close. I can't tell in this moment which is worse, though. So go ahead. What's your your next?
0: Well, I mean, my whole thing with it is... is I mean, it, it's in line with that, but it would be total crop failure. Oh. Like, you've just lost your entire tomato crop. You know? I mean, that's kind of the issue with that is once you, once you lose that bed... That's all she wrote. And I think disease is a perfect one because it jumps from plant to plant to plant. I can treat for a pest. Yeah. I don't know if I can do anything for a disease. Yeah. So that's a big one, man. And I think that's, I mean, that takes it down a couple notches in my mind.
1: I have uh, that small, narrow row of those itty-bitty cabbage that are growing Saw cabbage worms on one of them and said, oh, and then waited. it didn't cover them, didn't treat it. And now all four of them have it, you know, so the exactly. disease is the same way, right? Like if it persists, then it's going to take out that same type of crop, Um The other bit was, which I didn't think about, total crop failure, which is absolutely a thing. I have thought about it. Don't get me wrong, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like the completely sapping out the nutrients uh, for, again, note, heavy feeder crops, right? You know, Um, I think that depleting your soil is right up there when it comes to disease because, that disease is likely going to impact this year. If you are impacting your soil, that could be many years over. Um, so there is that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that one, but I will say this as well. You can also manage that with planting mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's manageable. Yeah. Agreed. But it's still in a level of complexity that, I mean, it does need to be talked about and thought about. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that gets very complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, okay, I put in this heavy feeder. Now what can I put behind it, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I think, too, that I don't want to give it, make it a benefit, but I think it would make you a better gardener. As long as you focus on stuff like that, I think in the long run it'll help you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what your head space is. I was um, a... <laughs> So an officer stopped by, you know, rode by and said, oh, can I stop, um, can I take a look at your garden? I'm like, yeah, girl, come on, you know. So she comes out and we're talking for a bit and then she's like, another officer that I work with, he works, you know, a different shift. He's definitely into gardening. And so a couple of days later, I was out that morning, you know, because I'm an early riser. I mean, this is like seven o'clock, if I'm really honest. So that's not that early. And so another uh, police officer, truck rolls by and kind of slows down. I mean it's seven o'clock. There's no trouble on this block at that time. It's so That starts
0: at seven thirty.
1: Yeah, yeah, seven thirty. That's <laughs> a, And I get those videos shot by then. Uh it's uh no, absolutely not on uh holiday weekend, seven forty five is the the latest. It's so, uh rolls down the window and I'm like, Oh do you know Officer so and so so and so? So anyway, same it's the guy that she mentioned, so he comes out and we're chatting and it's his first year gardening. And you could you could see it in his face. He's just like, you know, I just I want to get something out of it. Yeah. You know, and so and that it seemed like he was being real realistic, saying, like, I don't need to feed the neighborhood, just something. Right. And that's very different than, you know, what we were just talking about and learning the lesson. And if you have some some woes, you're going to be a better gardener like Ain't nobody out here trying to learn life lessons, you know. When, when the alternative is get food, yeah. You know, so hey, look, I am. I think you grow into that.
0: Um, well, they, yeah, exactly, and that's part of that whole evolving garden mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that it will, you know, as you get more and more in the gardening over the years. I, I mean. I don't care who you are. If you grow one tomato plant and then you want to do that every year, you're going to get pretty damn good at growing that tomato Mm -hmm. plant. And you're going to learn the tricks to make it better and better every Mm -hmm. year. You know what I mean? Because you get addicted to that, the flavor and the art of it and the reward system behind it. Yeah. I I think it comes natural.
1: I think if we're going to go ahead and jump back onto, you know the year of 2022 and tomatoes, that was another part of, re- I wasn't reason- going to do that. I know you weren't. That was another reason why it was so difficult because like, I got it. Like I, I can grow tomatoes. right? Yeah. Like, you know? um, and so it, that's what makes it even more difficult. But I think if I'm going to go with one more, like it depends on what day you asked me could be considered a con. I think monocropping almost forces you it into crop rotation versus if you think yeah. about like you're absolutely doing interplanting like everything is mixed together it doesn't quite matter because where that tomato plant is in this bed this year is probably going to be on the other side next year as you move things around like it kind of naturally um you're mixing things up whereas if you have a bed that's absolutely full of potatoes this year well you know should you really wish now that i think about it out loud i was just talking about moving my tomatoes to the space i'm growing potatoes this year which isn't recommended so again not only are you um because you have single crops potentially in one growing space so you need to move them next year in theory and then are you moving them to a place that also has single crops growing and do they play well together yeah so again, yeah. it, it makes it. Let's say that it's it can make year-over-year year gardening a little bit more complex.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't I don't buy into <clears throat> companion planting completely. I don't buy into you know a lot of different things in the gardening that has made popular. But one thing I do buy into is crop rotation. Um, now I, I will say this. If you don't want to rotate crops or practice that or care about it, then yeah, that is a big downfall behind it. Because if if you just go out there and you plant cabbage out there this year and then next year and next year and the next year and, the next, year and the next year, you will have that total crop failure eventually. It's I mean, would you be safe to say that's almost a guarantee at some point that it's just not going to be able to take it.
1: I think it's just going to catch up with you. I think that's what I think I'm being strategic in the way that I'm planting my uh, brassicas, my coal crops and the challenge. My collards, let's start there. But the challenge I'm facing is as I've expanded over these years, I'm growing more than cabbage or, excuse me, collards. So it was really originally just collards and then cabbage. Those were the only brassicas I was growing. Okay. You fold in kale. Um, but when you start to expand and think about what you grow in a spring garden, like, A lot of those are all in the same family. Yeah. You know, so so now my space is starting to get eaten up, no pun intended, you know, by the same crop. Um, But I say that to say I'm absolutely and I've mentioned this before. There's a fungus that can set in your soil. I've not seen it, but if it does, it's it could take years to beat it. And since I'm running from that, um, I'm trying to be proactive, absolutely, for those crops. But I also have said time and time again, I've grown tomatoes in this space year over year not had trouble. And the part that, the quiet part that you have to say out loud is, until you do.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like. Exactly. And then you're like, well, Damn. That sucks. You know, because it, the the disease doesn't happen in the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's at the end when you start getting to the finish line and you're like, crap, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to take it all out. So, um, I, you know, as far as, well, there is actually one more con I can give it. And I would say that, I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but there's mm-hmm. not as much aesthetic beauty uh, opportunities within that, at, meaning you know, a bed of cabbage is a bed of cabbage. Like I find that beautiful, Mm -hmm. but you may not, you know, you may want to put something else in there, you know, a different row alternating or something to make it that way. So I think that is it. But I will say that as far as like, as you go down and you list them, like just by the sheer number of cons, there's not a lot, but what there is, I mean, it's very risky.
1: Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm,
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think like <clears throat> around me, we've got a couple farms around us. Man, they plant one year. They don't plant the next. Hmm. Nothing. The same crop? No, nothing. Oh, okay. And then they plant the next year mm-hmm. and then they don't plant anything the next. Now, they may have different plots of land. It may be the same person owns all these plots around mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. But that's how they, op- they work it. And so it's interesting to see that. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, hold up y'all ain't even farming this year, yeah, like that yeah. must be nice,
1: well, the respecting of like how much they're pulling out of the soil you know to grow, how yeah. intense whatever it is they they're growing is I get it i um i I think when you look at you know if I had the space to do it, I believe I'd grow single things in single spaces,
0: you know what does that mean
1: meaning you know if I had 30 rows I'd have 30 different crops in each of those rows
0: oh yeah 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 like in a big plot of land like just a basic square or something
1: yeah so if you if you treat a row as a garden bed so to speak then I absolutely would be you know still practicing and again we're there's a little bit of bastardizing the the use of monocropping in this but single row would have a single thing period I wouldn't need to or I wouldn't end up you know for the aesthetic purposes of growing some tall plant with some shorter plant no at that stage i'm in it for the vegetables i'll find beauty in some other space you know that i'm planting in or growing in or whatever have you
0: right and i mean this year we got a taste of a couple months of not buying produce and Mm -hmm. i want to chase that dragon Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's where we're kind of leaning towards it but So, let me ask you this. Now that we've laid it all out, would you monocrop more or not change anything and just do a little bit of this, a little bit of that?
1: Um, I think I'll be monocropping more because, (laughs) interestingly enough, I said it, you know, it forces you into um, crop rotation and... I've just been pinched and my arms have been twisted and, you know, like bruised and battered into it. And it's the easiest way I can look at to manage that.
0: So that's what really led you into it is the crop rotation aspect. Well,
1: no, let me into the idea of doing more. To answer your question, Yes. But the idea of what led me in stumbling into monocropping to begin with is just it was easier for me to not only plant, maintain, but also harvest. Like the entire gamut of it was easier when I had one space with one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody's like shocker, but I'm going to do more of it. but. The reason is just because of the ease of it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how much easier it makes things on me. And I'm starting to see that now as I'm doing more of it. There are definitely my biggest challenge so far is getting things planted behind the beds. Like right now it's June and I have I'm going to have three empty beds Mm -hmm. in the beginning of June. I have never had three empty beds. And then in another month, month and a half, I'm gonna have a whole nother empty bed, you know. And then in another month and a half after that, I am have a whole nother empty bed. And then I'll probably have another one because all my squash will die. So it's like it's going to be some rapid succession business going on here. But it's also leaving me to where I think and I know we talked about this in the last episode about planting fall. Earlier, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's going to lead me down that path to be able to plant my fall earlier. And I mean, this year, I'm going to get my Brussels sprouts in two months earlier than I normally do. So, that's two months of growth that I can get. No, three months of growth that I can get before... I did last year. So the
1: timing of this has continued. As long as I've known you, it's been a struggle for me. As long as I've known you, I've had at some point in the year, a completely empty garden bed in that moment of like, well, what do I plant now? I did just have a oh shit moment because I realized I was talking about like what I'd be planting in preparation for fall. And I still am not sure if it's early June or late June that I need to be starting some of these things and I'm just, I'm just going to start seeds. Like I just, I, I can't have a repeat of what I did late winter this year, kind of yeah. waiting and waiting. So I'm just going to start. And some of these plants are going to be too big. I I had mentioned this, but I had a bunch of plants off top topic that were root bound that got planted were root bound. And now I'm looking like, up, oh, got to pull them, you know, like they're, they're done, you know? And yeah. so, um, so anywho, I, I say that to say, um, a bed that's not going to grow the entire season, as you decide to plant that bed out, you better be thinking about what's going to go in after it.
0: Right. And I think that's that's the important. And that's that's my challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to continue to be a challenge. But as we grow more each year, I get better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm marking this down that it's the beginning of June and I've harvested my onions and my potatoes so i can kind of keep that going and say okay beginning of june expect this might be a little after might be a little bit before but you know you know what i'm saying so i think it's going to work out good in my favor i hope i really hope so but on that being said everybody if you're going to monocrop go until your heart's content and put one plant at a time in that garden And um, remember, check out the Planter app, become a patron, become an Apple subscriber if you want help. It's only one click and help support the show. We will give you an extra episode a month, but you can also be feeling good knowing that you're helping support us and continue to learn to grow and grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya!